My microphone's a Glock 9. Black, I'm dipped in that. Uh -huh. The beat's my mash. Jam you for the platinum you have. Run it. The illest, watch me become it. I'm hip and took it bowling like straight to the wig. Speak truth like kids. Tell you what you don't know. Kobe? Yeah, he's real with the flow. Kick in the dough, wave in the flow, flow. All you heard was stop. Can't take the hits no more. It is your favorite MC slash favorite RT, Iron Ebb, a.k.a. Flo Rogan, a.k.a. Scarlet Bro Handsome, and I'm here with a super special guest. I did this man's podcast when I just started going out. He reached out to me and said, yo, let's work together. I think we did a phenomenal episode, and honestly, I'm, I never told you this before, but doing that interview and how your style was, I took some of that and, and put it into my style, so let's see what the master says back to the student as far as... How we do this here, you know what I mean? Desmond Powell, whole stuff, hip to the games, knowledgeable in basketball. I mean, we, we'll get into it. I don't want to blow the whole clip just yet, man. But welcome to the Black and Red Cave, bro. Yo, man, I'm excited to be here, bro. I've been, I've been, you know, I appreciate the kind words too, man. Because likewise, you know, I'm I've been a fan of your uh, platform, uh, even aside from being an MC, bro. Like just seeing how you converse with people and you're not afraid. It's like this genuine human connection of just like even if we disagree, it's all yes, love. So I, I love that. It's, it's good to be in the black and red cave. <laughs> yes, sir. The hot black and red cave is what I call it between the months of April and October because the world's ending. So it should be, <laughs> should be getting cooler sooner, but it's not happening. And yeah, definitely, man. Um, You rap too. I forgot. Like I saw you put up a little bit of um, every now and then you put up uh, some MC stuff every now and then. man. I didn't know that was part of the arsenal. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it's one of, one of my OGs said it best. He was like, um, you know, I can't be just a fan of something like when I'm into something like I got to be a participant mm. in some way shape or form and when he said that I was like you know that's like me too like you know the, the same way I, yeah. I think about hip-hop is how I how I grew up with basketball like even if I don't make the NBA even if I'm not making albums like it's cool to say like right. I can rap a little bit you know I, I think there's a little pen game there and yeah. as I started to explore that uh you know I got better and that i was like yo this is kind of cool like let me see if i can ride this wave and you know Absolutely. i just do it as a hobby so it's pretty cool now nah, the fact that you do it for a lot a hobby means that you're going to do it as purely as it comes because you're not you know you're not beholden to whatever label is forcing you out there or you're not you're not beholden to like um like whatever's the trend at the moment and you get stuck in that and then when that wave is gone then now you back working in wherever you was working at before you know, except now they're like, wasn't you on TV? And now you got to be back at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I never thought of it that way, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Brown said that, so I can't take credit for that. But oh. Danny Brown said that. And <laughs> okay. uh, John Rogan. Not Joe Rogan. Yeah, Rogan interview. You know what I mean? But, yo, so we're just going to jump into it from there. Mm -hmm. What did you fall in love with first? Because before we get into the fun stuff, I got to get to know you, man. And I want my listeners to know who... Sir Desmond is, man. What did you get into first? Was it the hip-hop? Was it the basketball? They're kind of intertwined, so you could say both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. Uh, I mean, if I had to lean one way or another, it was definitely basketball. Like, that's why my uh, bio on my personal page just says, like, basketball's my wife, hip-hop is my mistress, because, like, I fell in Ooh. love with basketball first. You know, like, ever since I was, like, five years old, that's like that. that was, like, everything to me. 
Um, but even then, like, like you said, it is very intertwined. And I always say yeah. like hip hop is in us, like even from a young age, so even bef way before I even knew what a hip hop head was, like I'm drawn to 106 yeah. in park. I'm drawn to, you know, bow wow mm. on the TV and stuff like that. <laughs> like I want to be these rappers wearing the jerseys and the, the two X white tees, oh, you know, <laughs> hold on, bro. So I'm going to assume I'm significantly older than you. I'm not going to mm. ask your age, but I'm 41. Tell me, is there a decent distance between the age? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the stuff that you're mentioning, bro, is the stuff that I was, like, actively participating in. And it's so funny. Like, I was on 106 in Park. Me and my man, you never know, got on. And um, he didn't do it for whatever reason. And I didn't do it because when I got there, they was like, this is probably, like, my mom was still alive. So it's probably, like, 07 or something like that. Okay. So, and they was like, um, I went to the studio, right? And it was like, you know, your style's a little too boom bappy. This is for, to get on, um, what was it called? Um, the battle joint. Oh, wasn't it, like, freestyle friday or was that something else was it was okay sure i can't let's remember. call it that <laughs> okay. it probably was it sounds right but let's call it that and he was like you know your style's a little too boom bap because i went there for like a sound check right a little too boom bap can you be a little bit more like d4l and i was like nah i'm from the bronx i don't know nothing about that <laughs> and i walk off right and i'm like wow. i'm good i'm cool whatever and i hear this voice from the corner yo tom brady Sean Price and Prodigy walking down the hallway. Then Price, I met about two weeks earlier. This is around the Super Bowl. I'm a Patriots fan, and he and I used to go. We went back and forth on the video, the Mesh You May video, man, and I got to meet Sean Price and Prodigy. All that to say, this is what happens when you don't sell out. You meet your idols. They respect you. <laughs> you go on from there. But um, Dog, that is You mentioned fire. that brought back memories. That is yeah. fire. Yeah. Why didn't you say that on Hip to the Games, bro? <laughs> I thought I did. I thought I did. I've told that story a couple times. Man. Wow, um, that's tight. That was one of the highlights of my life. The fact that he remembered me, because me and Price, if you look at the video, look at the mess you made. I'm there. I had, you know, I didn't have braids. My man Jay had braids. But, you know, I was a lot skinnier back then. I had no facial hair. The video quality was trash. But um, we argued about it, because this is right after the Super Bowl. And um, Still came up. But Still was like, Still was chilling. So he went back downstairs. And, um... It was dope, man. Yeah, I should have told you that. My bad. Man, no, that's that's what's up, bro. That's that's fire. But yeah, yeah, there's you know, and I, I have no problem saying it. Like I just turned twenty five, so there is definitely a, a good for you. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a good blessing. For you, bro. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely. Jeez. Yeah, like I said, that's why I call <laughs> you Big Bro. That's <laughs> yo, I could be Uncle, whatever, man. You you um ninety eight? Yeah, ninety eight, dude. I was a junior in high school, man. Mm. Oof. <laughs> uh, what came out in 98? What albums came out in 98? What albums came out in 98? Uh, Miseducation. You know, well, you was born, so how would you know? Oh, Miseducation, yeah. Yeah, yeah now, Miseducation. Um, DMX, that's I the think. the beauty of the Google machine. Now, that might have been a little earlier, right? Let's see. That's the oh, keyboard's over here, damn it. You know what? Forget this. Because <laughs> that's what happens when I try to <laughs> flip things around. But, um, wow, 98, man. That was Outcast came out. AT Aliens came out. Mm. 98 I'm 47 or it might have been a Quemini 47% sure of that that's what's up though man it's funny because around that time like I was the 6 130 pounds soaking wet with a 5X t-shirt <laughs> headband I had the braids you know what I'm saying I had the baggy jeans and stuff man and um, man you brought back memories there bro no yeah that's what's up I, I wanted to be you you know <laughs> I was 5 years old wanting to be you you know <laughs> oh I hope it's like that when I get older you know <laughs> I mean you know what? It is like that for the older dudes that used to dress like that and they ain't got out of it. Like, you still see some dudes walk around with the 
I rock a Dewey, but like they rock the Dewey with the flap out with the uh-huh. big Avirex joint, and they're like sixty six, and it's like, nah, it ain't, <laughs> it ain't working no more, bro. <laughs> That's hilarious. So like, what was the hip hop wise? What was the first album that you heard that was like, yo, this is what I like? And then, was there an album that you heard that was like, this is what I want to get involved with, mm-hmm. as far as like I want to participate? Mm, that's a great question okay so that doesn't start until like 2017 for me um like i was Mm. a casual rap fan pretty much that whole time until i was like okay out of high school starting college kind of was when i started kind of getting that spark there um man to pick an album is tough because for me it was like i i could give you a couple right like tupac's first album was really the first album that i listened to straight through and i was like okay like this is i'm trying to get into the mind of like a hip-hop head so let me listen to Pac's first album like i don't care about the bandana i don't care about the nose ring like none of that i need Pac with the juice (laughs) cut like i'm starting at the beginning so i would say Pac's first album um, was that strictly for my ends or was that um tupacalypse yeah tupacalypse tupacalypse now is what i would say is what kicked it off i would also throw in a reasonable doubt as wow. well, I had to listen. That was when I was like, okay, now mm. let me listen to Jay's like first stuff. Let me listen to his classic, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. There was one. So you more. went back and listened to that. Obviously, yeah. you went back and listened to that. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I made it a mission to like go back backwards. You know, I always had this image in my head like, while everybody else in my generation is certainly sprinting forward, I'm watching them pass me as I'm running back. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm an old dope. soul. I'm an old soul at heart. So for me, it was like, yeah. nah, I always want to know where it came from first. I always want to know who did it first, yeah. where those foundational principles coming from. Wow, man, that's that's actually fantastic of you to say like that, man. And it's funny because I've said before, all of the things that are considered classics now, I grew up listening to. But for me, I kind of had to go backwards, too, because I didn't get it at first. Like, I didn't get Wu-Tang at first. I didn't get Jay-Z at first. Well, Jay-Z a little bit because he came a little bit further along in my development, but you know, for me, I was introduced to it by my bigger cousin. I think we spoke about this. I was introduced to it by my bigger cousin. <clears throat> Sorry, man, it's hot in there. That's what happens. <laughs> I was uh, introduced to it by my bigger cousin, but um, I didn't really jump into it myself, like, full-fledged. Like, this is what I love. Probably until, like, high school, um, mm-hmm. junior high school, probably Black Moon into the stage and um, Midnight Marauders. Those was my first two that was in heavy rotation, man. And then from there, I just went on. And then started listening to Nas more. And then I never was a big Jay-Z fan, but I always listened. And then nowadays, it was always you had to pick a side, Nas or Jay-Z, and always went to Nas' side. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jay-Z makes better music, to be fair. But I think Nas is a better <laughs> MC. You know, what do you think about that? No, I, I could agree with that. That's, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. I think they call him Nasty yeah, Nas, Nas for a reason, you know? Like, not that Jay ain't na- nasty, but, like, it's a different mm-hmm. kind of flavor. You know, <laughs> it is. It is. I always argue that Nas. Once Jay Z can do a song like Rewind, then we can talk. Mm. That's all I needed. You know. Then I guess you could say if Jay Z, once Nas can do a name whatever massive hit that Jay Z uh, Jay Z has had, then I guess you can flip that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a song cry immediately when you say that. I feel like Nas could do that though. You don't I, think Nas he, could do song cry? I think he could. I think he could, but I think, you know, the, to mm. his credit, it might get overshadowed by a I Gave You Power, right? Like, I Gave You Power, mm. a record like that is so dope, it might overshadow the song Cry, you know? Yo, I Gave You Power was one of those songs for me. Like, I actually did my, um, 
in college, I had to do, I had a speech class and I had to do a persuasive speech uh-huh. to as my final. And I used, I gave you power and I was, shit, man, you bring a lot of memories. Nas <laughs> versus Jay-Z and I was persuading people to like Nas better. <laughs> and I used, I gave you power, which is fantastic. Yo, the abdomen is my clip. The bad was my, <laughs> come, come on, on, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, tell me you got an A on that though. Please tell me you got an A on <laughs> You know what happened, bro? I did so good on the first because I had to do an informational speech. And I did so good on the first one that it raised the expectations. So basically, I dropped Illmatic, the first one, and then Ill-written, it was written. It was really good. <laughs> but it wasn't as well received, even though I think it, it was written was a little bit better album. But um, what do you think about that? Actually, damn, I'm going to ask you all these questions. What do you think about that one? That's Illmatic tough. or it was written? That's tough. Um, to, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I can't really chime in on that because I feel like I've, I've actually sat down with Illmatic more than I have with it, yeah. it Was Written, so I can't really chime in that okay. the way that I want to. Um, but obviously, in, the, in a biased sense, I would have to pick Illmatic, but uh, that's something I sure. can't chime in yet. <laughs> you can't really go wrong, and, you know, I can tell you this. After I Am, Nas just forgot how to pick beats, and I love Nas. Nas is one of my favorite MCs, but after I Am, he just, I don't know, Godson a little bit, but he just lost that part of his craft i guess maybe somebody gave up and said you pick all the music yourself and i think that's what distanced him from uh jay-z so these were the albums that you put out i mean excuse me the albums that you just listed were the albums that caught your interest at first or was those the ones that made you want to get involved with actually maybe rapping or make you pick a pen up uh so that was that was those were the albums that uh I like not that I listened to them and then decided, but it was more like the opposite. I decided that I wanted to get into this and then I listened to those albums. Oh man, that's that makes me like you even more. So you <laughs> chose I okay, I see what you mean. So you ran back with but I completely missed that. That's um that's awesome, man. So you went back to the actual um the foundation and the roots of how back to how far back did you go though? Did you go back to like Houdini and um and like that far back I didn't you know and and it I didn't go like that far but I was like around the area so if I can sure. give a quick like map it was kind of like okay from Pac let me obviously go study more big but then big mm. goes to like Nas big pun mm. big L mm. But then it's like now I think of Nas and off that one it goes okay Rock him Big Daddy Kane LL yeah. Uh, yeah. KRS so yeah. I was definitely around I was kind of like in this I, I I call it a hip hop tree so I was definitely climbing on every branch that I possibly yeah. could <laughs> I can see that I can see that's how I got into Detroit hip hop like around that mm-hmm. same time I did 106 in Park. I had lost the love of New York hip hop because at that time everybody was turning into a South artist, artist, and I'm like, I'm not interested. And I always, not knowing again, um, Midnight Marauders and um, what's that Beach Rhymes? No, not Beach Rhymes. Life, whichever one came after Midnight Marauders, those are like some of my favorite albums. Me not realizing these are all Dilla beats. You know, I'm a Dilla stan. You know what I'm saying? At the time, I didn't realize that was Dilla beats. Um, I always liked Royce. Royce was always my, still. I, put that on my top five on your joint mm-hmm. Royce is one of my all-time favorite MCs so I knew of Royce and then from there you know this is when like double XL magazine was decent and I saw they had the show and prove article which was like new and up-and-coming people and I saw Black Milk and I said oh that's a pretty not great name but he <laughs> looks light-skinned like me let's check him out right 
And <laughs> once I got into it, he had a he had a mixtape called Better Than Your Album Mixtape or something like that. And bro, that just blew my mind. And then I started hearing Guilty Simpson. I started hearing all of these Detroit. Cause I, I never thought Detroit MCs could rap because New York, New York, we're a little egotistical at that point. And I'm just hearing these guys, man. And then this one guy kept standing out, and it was Elzai. I found mm. out, and you know, I'm a big Elzai fan. And then it just opened me up to Frank and Dank and Moo and La Peace, like all of these Detroit hip hop. You know, King Gordy, like I think it was King Gordy. Sorry if I got that one wrong. King something. And it was just like, bro, these dudes are nasty. Trick, tricks. I don't want to get beat up. Trick, trick. You know what I'm saying? All of these great MCs, man. And um, kind of like the same experience you had. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy that the more you climb that tree, I mean, you find branches that you thought weren't even there until you went around this mm -hmm. corner and grabbed for that one and put your foot on this one. Mm -hmm. You know, even you saying mm -hmm. that right now, I'm like, oh, dang, like some of those guys I ain't even heard of. Like, so... I think that's the dopest. That's always the dopest part about right. it for me. So, what was um, hip hop in Chicago around your time? Because if I'm not mistaken, around that time, for me, mainstream was like Twister, and I think you had crucial, crucial conflict for a little while. But um, and I know you mentioned you live around the Chicago area, and so what was the hip hop scene for you around that time? Yeah, so I mean, going back again, at that time, I was always seeing common. I was always seeing Common. And, mm. of course, at that time, Kanye was kind of under his shoulder. So it was like yeah. those two always on the TV. Like, to me, Chicago was always Common and Kanye, especially, like, obviously knowing my age. Like, though, it was right. those two guys for sure. Like, Twista, I didn't realize till a little bit later. Like, obviously, I had heard, yeah. you know, Celebrity Overnight, of course. But, like, right, it was right. always Common and Kanye for me. That's cool. That's a good foundation. Cause I, I've also kind of dug into like a Chicago kind of tree as well, and not so much the um, like the newer stuff, like the like King Von's from Chicago, right? Like those kind of. I think so. Yeah. I didn't really. I, not really, in, as you can tell, not really into that, and you know, it's just not my lane. But mm. I've also heard of a dude. You ever heard of a guy named MC Tree G? Mm -mm. Fire, man! I'm gonna put you on to him. Fire, bro! Like dope MC, man. Um, Vic Spencer. Like all of these Chicago, um, um, Chris Crack, like a lot of dudes in that area, and hopefully I'm putting you on to some stuff. Um, I'm like, yo, these dudes can, you know, these dudes can actually rap. You know what I'm saying? Like they can actually rhyme, and I'm, I'm very impressed by Chicago area MCs, man. Yeah, yeah. I like I always say the our Rushmore is always Twista, Common, Kanye, and uh, Lupe. Uh, for me, at least. Lupe, too. Damn, um, I forget Lupe. And, Lupe, and, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have definitely threw Lupe in there earlier. But, yeah, um, that those are always my go-to. And even, like you said, mm -hmm. some of, it, it's funny to to when you kind of realize, like, you know, we got a lot more talent out in the area, you know, than, than yeah. the same four guys, you know? Right. So, let me ask you this. Out of those four in your Mount Rushmore of Chicago, how many would you put in your Mount Rushmore of hip-hop, period? That's a hard question. I hate that top question. No, but you. But I had to throw it to you. You man. know who you're asking, though. Iron. This is what we do. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, of course. So, of course. So honestly, in my all-time Rushmore, I don't think any of them get in. And that sounds so harsh. That sounds so harsh. But I don't Fair. think I put any of them in. Um, as gr even as great as Kanye is, I don't think he's all-time yeah. Rushmore. He may be for producing. But if we're talking just all time, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're just talking all time in general, Rushmore, 
I think it's if if we gonna go there, I think it's certainly rock him. Um, yeah, nice. Rock him for sure. It's really, it's really hard to pick four, especially on the spot. It's hard because yeah. it was easier ten years ago because there wasn't as many. But then again, not really because it's the same guys for me ten years ago <laughs> from here until whenever. Yeah. And it's I and I have a tough time with like again the whole Jay and Nas thing. I tend to lean towards mm. Jay just because of the more global. Not that Nas isn't, but. Just Jay, I feel like checks yeah, no all the boxes as far as yeah. like the global. So yeah, and and you have to. I feel like you have to throw in eighties, you have to throw in nineties, and then so on. So I feel like Rakim and Jay are locks, and then Iron Emperor. Yeah, three, no doubt. Thank you, brother. <laughs> so in your eyes. Thank you, man. Um, I do wonder what my picture would be if it was an Amar Rushmore. Like, would I be posing like ooh. this? Like, like, how would it be? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? No, that would have to be GQ worthy. I feel like knowing you a little bit, it'd have to, oh, it'd you, have to be some thank kind you, of thank you. GQ worthy. Thank you. <laughs> Trying to be adult a little bit. Not 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 2001 E with the the baggy jeans that look like parachute pants. And um, <laughs> them jeans was flammable, man. They were so baggy, but it had to be flammable, man. <laughs> Hey, I'm gonna throw you my 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 four, my Rushmore. Okay. Maybe it can give you a maybe spark something. In you. Probably not because it's probably totally different. But mine would be Nas, even though Nas is making me so mad. I was gonna make a video. I'm totally getting off the whole Mount Rushmore for a minute, and I was gonna tell Nas like, "Lil bro, I understand. Hit Boy is cool. You're making a lot of sales with this. It's good streams, but." We have been asking you to get back with Prem and Large Pro forever. Mm. And the fact remains is it may not get as many streams as Hit Boy or whoever you're working with now, but it's not going to flop because we're all going to support that, man. There's no way that can be wrong. I'm sure Large Pro, I'm sure Primo's ready. And, you know, Nas said something on um, what was the album you had with the, with the dress, Khalees' dress on the cover. I don't remember which oh, one shoot. that was. But he did a song with Large Pro, and he was like, this is for my stuck in the 90s ninjas. And I was like, damn, why are you taking shots at us, bro? We just want you to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, he's been so kind of vocal about that, saying. too. Like, he's been, he's I been know. very annoyed. I'm sure. You know what it is? I think I heard him say before, it's like, it's hard to be, to grow as an artist when you're continuously being compared to your first. Mm-hmm. That's like your biggest project. And I think like Smith & Wesson has that problem, too. You know, they still got to do Bucktown everywhere they go, you know, even though they got other songs. But, um, yep, I'm going to go Nas. I'm going to go Elzai. I'm going to go Royce. And, again, I love Pun, but I'm from the Bronx, but he's not on my Mount Rushmore. Um, see, the fourth one is where it gets tricky, man. That's hard, see? How do I end the list? And I could put Seagull up there. I could put Ghostface up there, Ooh. you know. Um, you know, <laughs> Ghostface, who did a complete album where he made no sense, and it was a classic. Supreme clientele made in no sense, but it was classic. <laughs> yeah. Wu Banger is my uh, joint on that one. one. Wu Bangers was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I started with Jizza, right? Uh, I think mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was Jizza, yeah, and Jizza. I thought somebody else was on there, and I hate I can't think of it. Uh, it's all good, man. We going over fifty years of history, <laughs> man. Happy birthday, Bob. Yeah. So it's all good. That's true. So, okay, wait, are we doing, so when we say Rushmore, are we doing, like, Rushmore, like, these are the four people that have, like, 
are pillars in hip hop, or is it kind of just like personal? Because oh, I feel nah. like you went a little more personal. Personal. Okay. Personal. Now, nah, okay. if you're doing pillars, then you got to run DMCs, three of them already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that changes my answer. Okay. So, all right. So for me, then that means it's Pac J. Mm. Pac J. I'll throw in. I'll throw in Rakim. I'll do a little bit of both. Pac J. Rock him, and then give me. I'm gonna throw KRS One in there, and I throw KRS One in there though, not just because I think he's dope, but mm. everything that I'm about, whether it's the podcast, whether you just see me randomly, whatever. If I'm mm. talking about hip hop, everything I'm saying mm. comes from KRS One. Like I felt so like that was your biggest influence. He explained everything so. It made sense to me. You know, when I heard, no. when I, if again, going back to like when I started my journey, when I heard him say hip hop, like hip hop is, is, is for us. Like hip hop is for the people. Right, right. Rap is for the corporation. Right. I was like, yo, I ain't never Ooh. heard nobody say that before. So no. now I'm digging into that. You know, I already told you I was an old soul, but now when I hear one of the, the, the OGs say that, right. now I'm, um, right. I'm unpacking that. Okay, what yeah, does that mean? And, and what does that mean for did me? Did he say that on the song? Or did he say that in an interview? Interview. Because most, most, at least for me, most of the ones I looked at was interviews. But especially yeah. when I think about my generation, too, and how, you know, and this is going to go keep us down a whole rabbit hole. But I feel like let's go. we try, my generation tries so hard to be unique that we forget mm -hmm. the foundational principles. I put that on my story one time. Like I compared it to like mm -hmm. grandma's recipe. Like we do, we have mm -hmm. such a hard time trying to add to the recipe. We should right. be adding to the recipe, but we're really changing it. And we don't realize it because right. we're so, we're trying so hard to like deviate from grandma. It's like, nah, grandma's yeah, yeah. is smacking, but just add a little <laughs> new stuff on here. And like then that. you present it. So you still have that quality that she had, but then you have your new right. twist. To me, that is how you right. make a successful cake, you know? <laughs> That's fine. You know, though, what was, was crazy, though, was like <clears throat> what you said here was like interesting to me because you have grandma's original cake or recipe mm -hmm. and everybody's trying to add to it to be unique. But it almost seems like now them trying to be unique, they're still all using the same seasoning. So they all sound the same at this point, where it's like, I'm trying to be so different where it just sounds the same. Like, I, I actually actively try, you know, and I'm very aware of the fact that I am, I am very aware of the fact that this music isn't for my ears. Drill is not for me. It's not for my time period, and the dudes my age that love it, sure. But I really, really, really tried. I asked my young boys, put me on. Some of them was like, this guy's more lyrical, this or this one. Dog, I couldn't tell the difference. Even down to the voice, I can almost not tell the difference. And I put the playlist on if the song changed or anything. I really couldn't tell the difference. I'm an old dude. It's just my ear. But I really couldn't tell the difference. But not to be back in my day, but, you know, Pac didn't sound nothing like even Ice Cube. And that's from, I mean, Pac's from the East Coast, really. But, you know, you can tell the difference when that song came on. Outcast sounded like nobody. You know what I mean? Goody Mob sounded a little like Outkast, but it was enough where you knew it was Goody Mob. And you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. even the Wu members, like, same click, but Jizzes sounded completely different from You God, you know, project wise. And, Absolutely. you know, it was, but they had the same grandma's foundation. So it's like, it's, I've gotten lost in it lately, man. I've, I've really lost it. 
no i the crazy thing <laughs> the crazy thing when you say that like i feel you i feel you and we still yeah. have that we still have that age gap and i feel you you know i yeah. i work at foot locker so like and, he, and a lot of my coworkers are just a few years younger than me. But even it's like yeah. it's the drop off, you know, like they'll, they'll play something. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. just like you said, it's like that it. kind of sound like that dude you showed me two weeks ago. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> no, I can't tell the difference. I can't. T- and then it's like the, um, the, um, the hood, of, the, bo- the hood boogification, the hood boogification of the ladies. Now it's really sad to me you know because i catch enough heat my girl's filipino my last girl's dominican they like to leave out the fact that the one i proposed to was jamaican and black but the depiction black women already get enough heat and it's like these yo, i was looking at the um what's the one that's mad popular now my booty hole brown um oh sexy red <laughs> what's up yeah yeah i saw the video i was like dog seriously i it, it broke my heart man i don't know that's your people man that's your age group man she looks like my age though but it's your group it's your age group, man. I know. I know. I don't even know what to say to that, bro. <laughs> Could you date a girl who loves Ice Spice? That's all she listens to? I mean, she <laughs> she would have to have a lot of fruit of the spirit. You know what I'm saying? We would have to have a lot in common. <laughs> you know, like everything nah. got to be, you know. <laughs> She love Ice Spice. She get in the car. She want to play Flo. Also named Glorilla. Again, I have nothing against these artists. It's not my ear. You know, it's really not my ear. And it sounds like I'm taking shots, but I'm not. Um, except the hood boogification of our woman. I don't like that. But she gets in the car. Well, let's say first date. She pick you up for whatever reason. <laughs> and in the car, she rocking uh, the Glorilla joint. Date number two. <laughs> are you already ca- are you already uh, tapped out? You know, you know she, she might she might have a chance because to be honest, uh, Glorilla don't she don't really like she don't really bother me as as maybe some of the okay. other ones. She don't really bother me. Um, even like honestly, even like I Spice, she don't really bother me. I think I respect. Doesn't the fact, bother me either. Honestly. Yeah, I respect the fact that she she kind of evaded that one hit wonder. Like she easily could have went into that path. She did. And even did. even when she got yeah. the Drake cosign, like she could have easily kind of went like yeah. okay like. Same thing, Absolutely. you next, like next person. Yeah. But she kind of ducked that. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I respect that. You know, I may not like she the did. music, but I respect that mm-hmm. part of it. So, you know, girl, that if girl did that, fact. you know, she might, she might have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> and I named those two because those are the most of the ones that I know by name. Like I've heard new ones and other ones, but those are the ones I know by name. And um, even like, like you said, um, I, I don't dislike Ice Spice. I really don't. And I understand it's not my ear. But um, would I date a girl that only bumped that? Yeah. Would I, you know who I do? Uh, she, I'm not even going to say that because who knows where this is going. And one day I might run into her and her people. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but um, Ice Spice is from neighborhood right next door to me too. So mm. I ain't got no – she looks like a Bronx chick. I will say that. I love my city. She looks very Bronx. <laughs> very Bronx. I don't know about the fro. We don't got too many of those, but – very Bronx. That's another thing, though. That that she came with something very unique, <laughs> mm-hmm. even off the yeah, image alone. She stuck to it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The fro was was an interesting choice. You know what I mean? But um, I don't know, man. It's uh, whatever, man. <laughs> it it will be what it will be, man. At the end of the day, I'm gonna like what I like, and she's gonna like what she likes. Yep. Yep. So, or or the young people are gonna like what they like. So, with that, we are gonna switch into basketball part of it okay 
you're not a Lakers fan. I want to start off with that. Are you a Lakers fan? Mm-mm. I mean, well, okay. Like I said, oh, very clear, very clear on the NBA fan. Okay, very clear on the NBA fan, right. and I claim the Chicago right. Bulls. Yes, but right. to, with that in mind, like, no, I'm not a Laker fan. I, I rep the Bulls. All right. <laughs> so if they lose, you're not upset, right? Hmm. They lose, the Lakers lose, you're not. Because I have to start basketball talk with this. All right, cool. Got you. That would have to end the interview right there. Yeah, yeah I know. The end of the interview. I, I, Good night, everybody. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, like, what is it about the NBA that has your attention like that? Because you said the um, NBA is your part of You said this a while ago. The NBA is your wife, hip hop is your mistress? Or yeah. Or is it the other way around? Yeah, no, you got it. You got the NBA is your wife. <laughs> okay, so why are you saying I do to the NBA and stepping out on her with hip hop? Why is the NBA wifey? Uh, it's just, I mean, the NBA was first, but it's like, again, we're kind of going to get into that discussion again of like comparing eras, but like that, it was just something about coming up, watching the Allen Iversons, the Kobe Bryants, the Vince Carters, Mm. the KGs Mm. of the world, the Shaqs, knowing that when they dunked, they were going to throw that whole entire stanchion down knowing that every block (laughs) was heard from outside the stadium knowing that every dribble was like almost you could feel it in your chest right the coaches are loud the back line of the defense is loud you know what i'm saying i think about the game now a lot of pick and roll it wasn't like that back then like and especially Mm -hmm. pretty much if you weren't a point guard you better not call for a pick unless you really need one you know it's all right. of that. I could go right. on all day, bro, but it's all of that as to why, like, that, especially that era, again, uh, 90s, yeah. 2000s, even 80s, to me, just has a special place. And, it's, and, and that spirit, the way that's been passed down from generation to generation, that hit me like a truck, and I've been trying to carry it ever since. I can tell because your voice stepped up just a little <laughs> bit in excitement as we're just talking about basketball and I'm listening to everything you're saying, and, like, even with the pick and roll or the pick, you know, because that's everybody's shooting now. You know, like, before it wasn't you had your snipers, but that wasn't the primary focus. It was an inside-out game at a certain point in time. And, um, you know, makes me wonder, what would Mark Price, who was a great shooter and an all-star in his day, what would he do now? Would he be even on the court? You know, um, like, you know, it's, Excuse me. And then when you go backwards, skill wise, who was more skilled? You know, it's a question to me, like um, guard wise, let's just say guard wise, like in the 90s. And damn, bro, I'm struggling. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what's going on. You're going to see a highly edited video because I am just I don't know what's going on, man. But there's a frog in my throat pause and it's, it's killing me because it's hot in here. So like I was saying before, I have to edit this do you think that the plays were more skilled then or more skilled now because now you do have to shoot more everybody has to dribble Patrick Ewan wouldn't make it in this league because he can't dribble you know um but then again would DeMontis Sabonis make it with Ben Wallace putting the elbow in his back you know like what do you think the difference is skill wise versus just everybody was going in at that time yeah great question um okay so I can answer that like this and, or, and you can let me know if I'm not answering the question, and I'll divert sure. back. But um, sure. So I think back then, I would say, I, I want to say back back in the day they were more skilled, but not just, it mm. was, but because it wasn't just on court. It was up here, too. 
it was in the mind too. True. So, you know, True. again, I think they they just went over this on one of the recent episodes of uh, Gilbert Arenas podcast. Like, you had to think the game back then, and yes, it was slower, right? I understand mm. even now, nobody wants to stand around and watch the big man get the ball. I understand that, but at that same yeah. time, like what you just said about Patrick Ewan, you're right. He ain't he ain't pushing the break in this era. He ain't he ain't keeping up with none of mm. these small ball guys. At that same mm. time, he's scoring on everybody, especially because of small ball. I mean, mm. obviously, you know, he'd have trouble with an Embiid. I think he'd yeah. have trouble with a Giannis. But I think right. I think him having that post game and that skill down there makes up for the lack of skill he has as far as like saucing people or whatever you want to yeah. you, know, you want to do. Um, at that same time, I don't disagree with that. You know what? Oh, my bad, guys. Yeah, sorry. I just I was just gonna say, at that same time, even today, obviously, like you said, a lot of guys, it, it's a given now that guys are dribbling, passing, and shooting, right? So now mm-hmm. that that limits roster spots because even the worst guy, even the thirteenth guy, is like mm-hmm. probably gonna be a six man on somebody else's team. Back then, the thirteenth yeah. guy was you know Scott Burrell. You know. What I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Brought up Scott Burrell, number twenty-four. Like, I don't know if I remember that. I think it was twenty-four. Yeah, like Scott Burrell. Ain't no, ain't really no room for no Scott Burrells in this league because the uh, spacing has allowed yeah. for more guys to show their skill. So it's such a, it's yeah. such a seesaw, man. It's such a seesaw. Right. I think it just made the the. I don't know. To me, I feel like to be dominant now takes a little bit more than it did. No, I can't even say that, really. I don't know, because it is a different league. Like, back then, it was all big men, and this is always my argument against LeBron and Mike, and we don't have to get into that part, but that was always my argument with LeBron and Mike, was, like, Mike was a dominant guard, and I'm not taking that away from him, but name six other dominant guards at that time. It was all big men. He's not guarding them. They're not guarding him. He's not guarding them, and they're not guarding him. And for the most part, from what I remember, again, not to take away from Mike on a wing, on a perimeter, but Pip guarded the best two for the most part and um Aaron Harper guarded the best point guard so who was Mike really banging against Byron Russell you know pause Byron Russell so not to diss him he'll bust me up but you know this is all these questions I have as whereas LeBron had to switch on Derrick Rose then he had to go and guard Chris Bosh in the post when he was in Toronto or who, who they always play against um Danny Granger took him outside and he had to go and get David West so I think mm-hmm. that showed more of a skill set for LeBron, and it was harder for him to be dominant because he was going against guys that had all the skills, whereas Mike was in an era where the big men were were running the show. David Robinson was running it. You know, Charles Barkley was running it, even though I guess Barkley's shorter than Mike. So it's an interesting contrast when you look at the two eras like that. Just those eras. I'm not going back to the 80s and the 70s. I don't know much. You know, early 80s, I, I can't speak on that. Mm-hmm. I bust Bob Cousy up though, straight up. All <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, those dudes, man. What's the dude? The, what's the drill? The Mike <laughs> um, and drill. You oh, want to know? Fun fact. Yeah, Mike and drill. I'm, fun, yeah. fun fact. George Mikan is from where I'm from, and nobody nobody knows that obviously because of the generational Word. gap. But I'm like, dog. One of the most yeah. influential NBA players, literally because of that drill. Oh, that's crazy. Is from where I'm from, and like wow. nobody, especially from where I'm from, nobody thinks about that. That just came that's to mind, dope. like. <laughs> that's so weird and that's of all the players that's the one I um, mentioned well tell his son I'm looking for him <laughs> I take his son <laughs> word up <laughs> but you know it's funny you, you mentioned Mark Price too like honestly if we if we want to go there too 
I think Mark Price, Pete Maravich, uh, obviously Larry Bird, they getting busy in today's era. Mm-hmm. I think they are. I think all three of those guys I think are. Pistol is. You know, when you mentioned Pistol, it was like I, um, Pete Maravich, for anybody that doesn't know, I was looking up before we came on here. We're going to get into this little part two. It was like the most overrated plays of all time, and he was in the top ten of almost every list I saw. Really? And yeah, and not so much as cl- I'm going to show you some of the. I lost the main list, but I'm going to remember off the top of my head who they had there. But um, college, he was LSU, right? College, he, they said he was a nut, never passed the ball, but he was, you know, a great scorer. And college, I think he led the, led the nation, right? So a great scorer. Mm-hmm. But NBA, they said he's very overrated. Um, and I remember when Rubio was coming out, they was comparing him to Pistol Pete. They were. In terms of their passing style and dribbling-wise. And Rubio flamed out. So, again, I, I didn't see that era. I don't know. I think um, Gilbert Arenas, you mentioned him, was talking about that era and was like, you know, because they mentioned Dr. J's list, and Dr. J was like, yo, he don't know what he's talking about. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Price, I think, could cook in the right system, but he's going to get cooked trying to defend anybody. Who is he defending? Yeah, and But to his credit, everybody getting cooked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> everybody getting cooked now. Yeah, that's you know? fair. That's fair. Yeah, I look yeah, ugly yeah, if everybody Green looking and, ugly. And Mark Price ain't that different. <laughs> Jalen Green and Mark Bryce guarding fucking Shea Gilgis is the same thing. It's the same outcome. <laughs> same outcome. Yeah. So, you know, that makes me think of the game, too, because it seems like everybody works on their offensive game instead of the defensive game. And I think that's because the Internet makes the offense look so much cooler. You know, the clips of doing a crazy step-back jumper is way better than stealing the ball mm-hmm. or locking a player down. For sure, for sure. I think – I. Like, the small thing, because I'm a big defensive guy, too. So, the the small mm-hmm. thing I give to it is, like, I, right, the game is faster. So, nobody really wants to sit in the stance. And, like I said, nobody's standing yeah. around. So, you know, you're not going to see a Bruce Bowen. You're not going to see an Andre Kirilenko. You're not going to see a Tayshawn Prince. However, it's almost like you catch it in small spurts, right? It's like mm-hmm. – it. Now lockdown defense is like, oh, you know what? Kawhi Leonard just uh, – he saw Clay coming, so he switched. He denied that pass. Steph had to pass it to somebody else. You know, that's kind of where we at yeah. now. Um, but I, I, I feel you, man. Like, I miss a good lockdown defense. Yeah, yeah. You froze up a little bit right there, but I think if you didn't catch, I heard you say Kawhi forces to switch – I mean, forces um, Steph to pass it to somebody else and – that's considered like high mark defense, um, and I agree. So it makes me really wonder: is offense really that much better, or is it just the defenses? Like football, NFL, like they change so many of the rules that all of the quarterbacks are killing. You know, it's not saying that they wouldn't anyway, but you can't touch a quarterback, you can't touch a receiver. Um, NBA now, you can't touch anybody. The James Harden made almost five hundred million dollars probably shooting free throws. You know, um, so uh, yeah, I, I um. Wish I heard everything that you said there, but, like, the defense is kind of lost, man. Like, who's the best def- – Kawhi is considered the best defender in the league right now? Giannis, maybe? Um, I I think – well, I mean, if you if you listen to the players, it's Drew Holiday. And I think because Drew Holiday yeah, 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 is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is one of those guys that – strong guard, but has adapted well mm-hmm. – Uh. Now, the funny thing about Drew Holiday, and I feel like this is something that, if I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit, this is something people don't really understand. Drew Holiday came into the league uh, the same year Steph Curry did, 2009-10. The game was still slow back then. 
The game was still mm-hmm. catered from like how it was played in the 2000s. And even I would say until 2016, when Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant retired, Kevin Garnett as well, mm-hmm. that was pretty much the mm-hmm. last straws that we got of that. So I think Drew Holiday now, he can take that. And then as he gets older, yeah. now he's getting stronger and the game's changing. He's like, I can do both now. I can pl- apply what was good back then. That's dope. But now, as right. like they say, he doesn't when when he does a defensive slide, he's not low in his stance. He kind of like, it's like he's in this like patient kind of. He, he's not as low to the ground, and he slides so easy, and he's strong, so he keeps up with some yeah, of the yeah. best defenders in the or right. excuse me, offensive players in the league. So to right. me. Dang, why was I even saying that in the first place? Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, but to your no, point, I asked you who you consider the best defender, who's the best defender in the league, and you mentioned Drew Holiday. Yeah, and and I would say because he has everything, and I, I think Giannis is in the conversation. I think Kawhi, when he's engaged, he's in the conversation. But mm-hmm. the game is so fast, he can't he do what he used to do. Yeah, he's injured, captain injury. Man, you would think he played for Portland, man. Like he's just captain injury, <laughs> man. And I feel bad for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think Giannis it helps because the man is a, I mean the man can, I don't know, open the front door, turn the car on, all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like just standing. That's in what I be saying. <laughs> man, it helps. If he couldn't play defense, it would be shameful. You know what I haven't wondered with him? Um, do you think his brothers are jealous because he got all? Not that he and his brothers aren't like big dudes, but Giannis got all the genetics. Like he got all of it. Like you see them standing next to each other, he got all of it. Like isn't Thanasis older and? And Giannis got <laughs> all of it, bro. All of it. Yeah. Every yeah. part of it. It's unfair, man. I, I would hate him so much. I don't even have brothers, but I hate him so much because <laughs> come on, man. No, yeah. That, that's 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 the funny thing about all these brothers going in the NBA. Like and even the youngest one, I think Costas or maybe or Alex, like, they're they're even them, they're they're I think they're getting taller than the Nassis, you know. <laughs> He's the oldest, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, he's got to fill away. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to fill. I don't have any siblings, but you know, as far as I do know, Big Bro is supposed to be the supposed to run the show. I don't know. You can tell me. I know you said you have a brother. Oh no, yeah. Uh, it's I think with the Nassus, it's it's funny. I think he knows he had his reign in Greece, but once once it, they they got yeah. to America, <laughs> it was over with. That was it, right? It was over with. Isn't that crazy? Like Michael Jordan had an older brother that was yeah, he modeled his game after supposedly, but he just. Mike shot past him in the height department. Yeah, so crazy, so crazy. That's wild. I worry about that with my kids, man. Like my, I'm six two. My girl is five feet, and I say that being generous. So I was like, <laughs> I say my oldest son is like five eight, and my youngest son turns out to be like six four. You never know. Like this is gonna be like, oh, I'm not to put out a lot of fires. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> For real. I already know. So you mentioned some things, and I mentioned the um, the guys that they put on the overrated list, right? Mm-hmm. So, all-time overrated list. I try to write some down, and I wish I didn't lose it, but this is the overrated. Number two they had, and I want you to give me a thumbs up halfway through because some of these people want to listen to this. I'm going to describe it. Point to the middle if you think either way, and then point down if you completely disagree. All right? Gotcha. So, number four of all time, the fourth most overrated player, and this is from, um, I think it's stadiumsomething.com. Okay. Fourth most overrated player of all time is Tracy McGrady. Thumb up, thumb down the middle, or thumb down. And and that's Disagree? I can say that without bias. Like Tracy McGrady is okay. my dog, first favorite player yeah. ever. So for me, really, 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 yeah. So for me, 
No way. And especially when one of the best players literally ever, Kobe Bryant, tells you that mm. he was me but 6'10", and you have the nerve to put him <laughs> on an overrated list. I mean... Well, number and, four on top of it. I And I binge-watched Tracy McGrady highlights like it's Netflix. So it's mm. like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk about one dribble pull-up, jab steps, uh, the fadeaways, the spin move, even the little innovative behind the back into the fadeaway, like... Right. I don't. I don't get that. I one. think what he hit him at was his was his post his post um his history during the post um po- playoffs sorry postseason. I think that's why they was trying to ding him with that because he. I don't remember if he performed or underperformed, but his teams did, and I think that's what he gets knocked for. Yeah, I I would I I could see that, but that's the funny thing. You look at those games. Tracy had games where he had. 29 16 assists literally because the offense was going through him and Yao but even Yao was somebody Mm -hmm. that got into foul trouble even if we go back to Orlando you know they were up they were up 3-1 versus the Pistons and then he you know he was saying like kind of like hey the series is over that came back to bite him and then ever since then was that the one where he said if we don't move on it's on me is that that one I think it might have been it might have been it might have been with mad intensity too yeah that this is my team how far we go is riding on my shoulders it's on me if we don't get out of first round it's on me wait a minute if we don't get out of first round this year it's on me yeah because because the sad thing about tracy if you go back and look and you realize how close he was to me it gets more sad as opposed to overrated like i understand people like to knock especially in this era people love to knock great players for having great performances even though they're but then it's like it still wasn't enough like i don't know i don't know what's the big deal with that sometimes i i think people just want to be hating to be honest with you but um fact yeah that's just yeah i i don't i don't agree with that one you know what Here's the thing. I messed up. So I I gave it a wrong list. I found it on my phone. He was number four of the player least deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. So they had him number four there. Okay. Number two, they had Mitch Richmond, Um, which, you know, Mitch Richmond was one of those guards, as far as I remember, was um, was giving Mike buckets. You know, one of them rare guards that was giving Mike buckets, series buckets. Microwave. So, my bad. I'm going to name, this is from stadiumtalk.com, and these are your, oh, no, here we go. Tracy McGrady was number 12, most okay. overrated of all time. Okay. So, I still kind of messed up, but a little better. But here's the people that came after him. I'm just going to name a rapid fire, and if any of them pop, come in your mind, pop in your mind, that you agree with, that you want to talk about, you let me know, okay? Mm-hmm. So, again, top, this is the top 50 most overrated players of all time. Go to stadiumtalk.com. So Tracy was number twelve, Blake Griffin's number eleven. I don't agree um, with that. Steve Francis is number. You don't agree that he's. You think he is not overrated? Yeah. Well, he said I. Uh, he's kind of underachieved. No. Yeah, yeah. I think, but see, Blake. Blake was one of those guys that kind of changed how we look at the power forward position. Like bringing the ball Dude, up. I'll let you. Yeah. Blake was one of the first guys I seen. Uh, bring the ball up like to where it was like dang like he's a power forward but he kind of be moving like a small forward sometimes um i mean i i get it like he we love lob city we love the dunks but like i think the the unfortunate thing about blake is that he when he really got to show 
what his career could be after the dunks was that one year in Detroit when he was an all-star again, and then it went yeah. downhill from there. Yeah, and them injuries go. All that jump and catch up, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I all think that jump and catch up with you. And I, you, you put him in this league, and I, I think he could do all what a lot of these power forwards are doing. He'll, he'll get you 20, 10, I don't four disagree. assists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he would start getting his jump a little bit more consistent if he had to. I think that was an unfair ranking to put a number 11. We'll go backwards and name the people that, you know, was behind him, you know, or lower on the list. Um, but I think Blake was cool. Like, I remember I wanted him in Portland at one point when he had that crazy year in Detroit. And I was like, yo, trade for Blake. You know, I'd be the, probably the best player Dame has played with since Lamarck is older. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not to crap on CJ, but can you imagine Blake Griffin in Portland? By the time he got on the plane, he'd have every bone fractured in his legs. <laughs> so he can't have that. That would have been Before nice, Before he even play, every bone would be fractured. For the 25 minutes, we would have had him on the court, yeah. <laughs> Portland is cursed, man. Um, number 10 is Steve Francis. Agree or disagree? Uh, I'm sideways. You in the middle? Yeah, I'm in the middle. Right. Uh, um, number 9 was Stephon Marbury. Uh, I, w- I would say the same. I would say the same. I would say the same, but I'm slightly nudging to the Th- I agree. That's kind of overrated. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Great ball player from from New York. Great ball, great ball player. I mean, skill wise, he'll destroy people, man. But he's not. He can't win. He cannot win in this league, man. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight is Eddie Curry. Oh yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't heard that name in a minute. His career, his career averages wasn't terrible. It was um tw- in five hundred and twenty seven games. He won a title with Miami, I guess. Um, 13 points, 5 rebounds. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Not a horrible, but what was he, a top three pick? Definitely. Um, He just couldn't stop eating, man. He's basically what Zion's going to be, I think. <laughs> unfortunately. I heard that's your favorite play of all time, bro. That's what I read. <laughs> uh, seven was Penny. Whoa. Mr. Hardaway? Yeah. He's on a lot of these lists, man. Wait a minute. There's a dude named um. You ever heard of um? Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, Penny's number seven. I'm gonna read why they said that. I read why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Few careers in NBA history have started with the locomotive steam Penny Hardaway's did. Coming off All American honors at Memphis, Hardaway was a four-time All Star, Olympic gold medalist, and played in the finals all within his first five seasons. And that's where he ran into some trouble. In 14 seasons, Hardaway missed 496 regular season games. That's the equivalent of just a little more than six full seasons. He also never made another all-star team after 1998, which is around the same time he signed his first massive free agent deal with the Suns. That's all they got for him. I mean, to me, though, like, as far as superstardom, it was Mike and Penny. I wasn't even thought of until yeah. 1998. But from yep. what I see, it was Mike <laughs> and Penny. Yeah. Like, Tracy yeah, McGrady absolutely. credits his game. He loved Penny. Yeah, Andre Iguodala, love Penny. Uh, I see you love Andre Iguodala, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's that's my guy. That's my guy. But like, yeah. I love those all around players. And and Penny was flashy, yeah. bro. He was flashy. Yeah, he was good. He was flashy. But no jumper. <laughs> I remember no jumper past like twelve feet. But you didn't need it at that time. Again, that wasn't the shooting era. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I like um. I, I've always liked Penny's games. Like I said, at that time. I remember the sneakers was hot. Um, Chris Rock and that commercial that you couldn't get a better parent than that. That shot him through, almost like Larry Johnson, how 
the Grandma Ma campaign shot his popularity through the roof. Everybody liked Larry Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Penny's number eight. Yeah. Number know. seven. Number six. Man, I love this dude, man. Number six is Mr. Carmelo. Whoa. I Carmelo mean, gets a lot of hate. No, when he retired, nobody cared, which is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, like, because cause that's the thing we got to be honest about, too. Like, yeah, I love Melo's mm. game, but I was also there, and it was very loud and clear that Melo was a ball stopper. Mm. That's all you ever heard. Uh, so so I understand yeah. why people Unfortunately. Ha- have him in those conversations, but, like, come on, dog. Like, some of the some of the nasty triple threat game, nasty mid-range, bully ball. Yeah competitor i mean miss me with that no yeah he never shot away from the moment which i liked about him he may have tried to take too much of the moment (laughs) but sometimes (laughs) but um i've always said too just for fun just for fun mellow in his prime me and my athletic prime i just want to play him one-on-one and i want him to go 100 percent just to show how good i am not i just really (laughs) want to see like i want him to treat me like i'm lebron and it's the clutch and you got to win and i just want to defend him Hey, I said that about him, and I said that about Iverson. I have no shot. Mm. Bob Cousy, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, number five was Derek Coleman. Mm. Oh, it's interesting they put him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to say about that. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. All right, we can move on. Number four was my guy, Mitch Richmond. They just be crapping on my boy, Mitch. Yeah, no, Mitch, Mitch was a microwave. I think that's, that's a bunch of bull. Yeah, they said because he, he never won, which is fair. Well, he won in L.A., but he wasn't playing. Number three is your boy Pistol Pete. Number two is, I think this is extreme. Number, This is going to be, you, you would never guess this name in a million years that they're going to put at number two is Joe Johnson. Second overrated player of all time, right? What kind of? This, this list is losing some <laughs> oh credibility gosh. here as I'm going down this. Dog. Joe Johnson is number two most overrated player in the history of the league, according to. And it's funny because I, I thought of something, and I have something with Joe Johnson coming up later that I'm going to ask you. Okay. Um, yeah, Joe Johnson is up here. And number one is Ralph Sampson, who's oh. on every list, it seems like. I saw, I saw him a lot. Hmm. I saw Ralph Sampson a lot on, on lists. So with that, I'm going to ask you, your top five most overrated team from point guard to center from the 2000s, to now wow your top five overrated well, you're 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 your overrated team and then i want you to do your underrated team i'm not going to answer none of this you're the basketball pro you're on my show i'm asking you to you to guess oh you hype fire me. off man I, you hyping me up Iron. if i had i should have told you this before to kind of warm you up but <laughs> hey i didn't do it to you i didn't do it to you so <laughs> i gotta take it i gotta take it's it. all good okay it's all good oh I'm man down too so i don't lose them okay so who's your point guard? Your underrated, your most overrated point guard is. Oh man, my most overrated point guard. Oh, oh! I hate that I gotta say it. I hate that I gotta say it. But I'm gonna go with Jason Williams just because outside of the flash, Ooh. what else was he doing? Yeah, that's a good one. That's okay. That damn. That, and I you love him. that one pretty easy. That's a pretty good one. And I yeah. love him. But he was fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was fun. Did he play in the two thousands though? His yeah. peak was like, because I might be cross of Gary Payton, so that was like late nineties. We can use them too. We can go from your frame of reference from ninety five on. We can go from there. So Jason Williams is your point guard. Yeah. All right. Who's your two? 
two guard. Okay. Um, that was tough. And my brain is gonna go to all the two guards that are nasty. Like I like I always wanted mm. to be a shooting guard, so I'm thinking of all the nasty guys. So like it's gonna be hard mm. for me to go underneath all that <laughs> and think of somebody mm -hmm. overrated. No. <laughs> I love that. While you're thinking, I'm just gonna kill some time here. I chose this because I would have had a really hard time trying to um, put this list out there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, without being biased, because I had players I just didn't like, and I would put them on there. And I'm not as ball players. I don't know them as people, but you know what I'm saying? Like. Like any Laker, and you know who's one of the greatest <laughs> Lakers of all time, but I'm going to put any Laker on there. You know what I'm saying? And <laughs> I would lose all credibility if I said one particular name at the two. Yeah. So I'm going to say Rick Fox, even though he was more than four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that, that makes sense, though. That kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, Derek Fisher. Dang, who else? Ooh, can I say, uh, okay, Jason Williams, and then can I go Wally Zerbiak for uh, my two guard? Oh, Wally. Ooh. I know he was a that goon was in a college. All star game, you said that. Yeah. I Where did he go to school at? Wally went to. I couldn't no, even tell you. Dude guy. I can't even see. I feel it. like he smells like Gonzaga. He smells <laughs> he like Gonzaga. Wally Zerbiak, number two. Let's look at Wally Zerbiak's stats, all time stats. I remember Wally. What a name, too, first of all. That's a pretty. Interesting name as a ball player. Wally Zer anything Zerbiak, but Wally, like that's awesome. Yeah. That works perfectly for basketball. Let's see. Wally Zerbiak. I remember him playing. F Did he play with KG? He played with KG. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or was that Gugliotta I'm thinking of? Yeah, he played with KG. And Wally Zerbiak's career numbers are 14 points and four rebounds. One time All Star. Mm hmm. Oh, he played in Boston. I didn't even know that. Yeah. See, like I and growing up, I I knew him as a shooter. That's probably why he came to mind. I just knew him as like a shooter. Mm. So I don't. I don't career know. forty. And you know career what? Forty-one percent three-point shooter. See, he he was cold from beyond arc, but you know, I'm a, maybe I'll just do that for my boy Tyrese Halliburton. How about that? You gonna put him at number two? Overrated? Oh uh, yeah, Wally Zerbiak. I got Jason Williams, Wally Zerbiak, and then my three. My three. Oh, because I heard you mention Halliburton. Oh Why yeah, Halliburton? yeah. I was just saying because uh, did you did you hear about that when uh he Wally Zerbiak was on like the TV and he had called out Tyrese Halliburton for like not being an All Star and then he ended up being oh, an yeah, All Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good for you. Good, for, good, good for you, um, Mr. Tyrese. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to think. One of, of the ugliest shot forms of all time, but. <laughs> Re. Three man, and now I'm I'm like I'm trying to think of all the dudes I just didn't mess with playing NBA Live back in the day. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you know, my 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 three would be Hedu Turkoglu. Whoa! Now see, that's I'm I'd put him on my underrated. No, that's just me being salty. He was in Portland for a little while. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's me being I'm biased. That's why I'm not doing it too. I told you I'm just gonna be biased. Wait, Hedo was in Portland, right? Why am I confused? I was about to say, or was it Detlef Shrimp? Detlef Shrimp was in Portland. No, Hedo was... Portland was trying to get Hedo. That's what it was. Oh, he really? He to Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm also thinking of Detlef Shrimp. I like Detlef Shrimp. Paul Pierce? Nah. Not for me. Because he had a peak, but when he... He had a... His... his, his, his um, What's that thing called? The, um, the curve bell? The bell curve? He was dope up here, but these were pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> 
Like, the end was pretty bad. Yeah, the end was I didn't not... even know he was on the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> he called game, and then it was, like, downhill after that. After that bank shot, yeah, yeah, it was downhill. Yeah, he himself. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Why are you thinking I'm going to go back? Um, would you call Westbrook overrated? No. I, honestly, I'm at a point where I'm calling him yeah. underrated. I think you get caught too much heat in, in, in L.A. Yeah. Or Laker-wise. Too much. No. Nah. He gave but them 18-7-7. Seven seven. He gave them 18-7-7. Seven seven but I wouldn't want him like, on my team, though. But it's hard for me to say because if they said he's coming to Portland, I'd be like, mm. And that's not just – it's just him and I would – if I did have to make a list, my backcourt would be – I don't know who my point guard would be, but my, my two would be James Harden. I don't really like his game. I've never liked his game. Now, I like how he adjusted and Philly and became a better distributor. It just shows a skill set, but a little overrated to me, man. I never – is he a top 75 player? I don't think so. James Harden? Yeah. Mm. I think I think yeah. so. I think so, but that's yeah. that's an interesting point, and I get it. You know, a lot, the way he scored was like cool, but at the right. same time, you know, when he got so much flack for going to the free throw line, like I get it. You know, I get right. I, I get me, the James Harden. Right, he was too dependent on the system, in my opinion. Mm. Now I think, and by the system, I don't mean the coach's system. I mean like the, the playoff. I mean the, the referees. He was too. D-Wade got a lot of foul shots, too, but D-Wade also can take the game over. And it's kind of contradictory because James Harden has completely dominated games. But playoffs, disappearing, like, nah, he's, to me, nah, very overrated. Yeah. Who is your point? That's the only one I'll give today. <clears throat> I didn't give a point. Oh, I'm not this okay. Point. I just wanted to say that about James Harden. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, no, I'll play. That's not fair. Um, overrated point guard to me would probably be um, – I don't know. I think of that while you think of your three. Yeah, cause, and the three is hard. Three is hard for me. Mm. Uh, Rondo. I think Rondo was overrated. How so? I think Rondo was overrated. I'll give him his flowers when they mention Boston and they say the big three should kind of be like the big four. Um, but when he left there, he never really brought a lot of success as far as I know when he was like the lead guard. Unless you can remind me, like in New Orleans, he went to, he didn't really do much. Then he go to Sacramento? Uh, flip flop. Oh, but, yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, Rondo. I, and that's me liking Rondo's game. I actually like Rondo. I don't have a problem with Rondo. But when they try to. I remember he would get traded and it was like, oh, Rondo's coming. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really going to move the needle, probably. So my backcourt is Rondo and um, James Harden. Yeah. Wow, those are two completely opposite players in the backcourt. But, yeah, for sure, that's my backcourt. I, I could see the Rondo thing, though, because uh, you're right. Like, Sacramento, Sacramento, I think he was an all-star snub. But did they do mm. it? Do, did they do anything as a team? Not really. Uh, New Orleans, right. we didn't really get to see it, I feel like, because they had yeah. that one year. You know, that was this is when Rondo started getting a lot of one-year deals, so you can never really – you know, right. see his value. You no know, continuity. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. he came here and helped us get back to the playoffs. But then it was like he, uh, I think, did he get hurt? I think he did get hurt. And then we we didn't really win that Boston series like we could have. So right. Yeah, he kind of went out sad too. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of unfair, too, because I don't want to judge somebody by the decline. You know, everybody declines. Only Jay-Z and LeBron don't decline. You know, everybody. And Dame. Dame will average 50 when he's 46. But Jamal Crawford. Um, in whatever jersey he's in. That's my man. Well, I got something for you with Jamal Crawford. <laughs> you know. All the, all the threes I'm thinking of are good. I like Michael Finley. I like Gerald Wallace. I like Josh I Smith. Michael. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put Josh Smith. The man just really wanted to be a three-point shooter. <laughs> like he really wanted to be that. And yeah, I'm gonna put Josh Smith. That's a good one. That's my answer. There. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I'm gonna put Josh Smith, and he got that big contract right there. I'm gonna put Josh Smith on that. Okay. And on the other side, I'm going I'm to jump forward. My underrated small forward would probably be, um, um, damn, I forgot his first name, Howard, that played in Dallas. No, yeah, not Josh short. Howard. Wow. Josh Howard. I love Josh Howard, and I think he was very underrated for a while. Nice. His peak was a little bit short, but I love Josh Howard. Yeah, it was short. It was short. He was a big Josh Howard guy. Okay, you know what? Let me okay. Let me do this. Jason Williams, Wally Zerbiak. I got to skip three and four right now because I already thought of five. And my one that comes to me is Jamal McGlure because why did he make the 04 All Star team? <laughs> and I remember he did like this one little whack two two handed dunk and then pulled on a rim and it was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you might as well gave him a participation trophy. <laughs> Word, yeah, exactly. Yeah, how did he make it that year? That was 04? Yeah. Who was who got injured? Everybody must have got injured. Like the bus must have broke down with the snow. <laughs> but they all got stuck in the elevator together. No, I <laughs> you know and I looked at it and I'm like, the funny thing is, <clears throat> I think at that time he was still playing with Jamal Mashburn, and I think Jamal Mashburn was still putting up decent stats. Mash, and it's like you just pole vault your teammate and you go get Jamal McCormick. Yeah. Yeah, Mash never made it. Made an all star team. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think so. Neither did Jerry Stackhouse, if I'm not mistaken. Stack didn't even when he dropped twenty nine that one year. I don't know, like, because he was on that list of most overrated players too. But I don't remember if he made um, if he made an All Star game. I like Stack, man. Those are my favorite sneakers, man. Felis. People was getting robbed for them joints out here, man. Word. And I like Jordans, <laughs> but they was getting robbed for those in the hills. No question about it. All right, bet. So who's your most your top five underrated team? Underrated. Okay, yeah. Underrated gonna be a little starting easier. with your one. Um, a little easier. Damian Lillard, number yeah. one. I think, I think, and especially because I'm not thinking somebody, I'm going to go Russ. Yeah. I'm going to go Russ. Okay, yeah, you did mention that. Um, Why do you say Russ? Because, so for me, Russ, I, I give credit to Rondo because, uh, but I think Russell Westbrook was the f- first point guard to, I mean, well, I guess I can't say first. Shout out Oscar. But he was the first point guard to make it cool mm. to be 6'3". And he's and I mean, you go look at his rookie year. He's crashing the offensive glass over big men day one. Yeah. Day one. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. never saw yeah. that before. You know, he made it yeah. cool for these guys to get rebounds. And the reason why it differs from a guy like Rondo is because, well, Doc Rivers was like, I want Rondo to push the ball. So Rondo's like, you know what? It would probably be a good idea if I just get the defensive rebound anyway. So I think that's kind of why mm. he did it. Russ mm. is literally yeah. all heart. All gas, like yeah, big time. I want to do everything. Big time. So for me, we don't we don't give him that credit uh, as far as the rebounding. I think uh, when they 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 said in the beginning that he couldn't pass, he went on to average eight assists a game. 
Then they said, oh, well, he still mm-hmm. needs to work on scoring. He bumped up the mid-range, started averaging 20. But then they said, well, now right. you're scoring too much. Then he started getting a little more all-around. <laughs> Boom, he gets triple-double. Yeah. He gets a scoring title. He gets an assist title. Then I think he does both in that MVP year, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he just always... Scoring in the assist title? No, I don't think he did that. Yeah, I was going to say, did, was it Harden? Crown. Or somebody else? Um, That got the scoring... <clears throat> yeah, I think Harden got the scoring title that year. Because um, as far as I know... Unless I'm really out of touch. Um, Tiny Archibald is only one I did uh, assist and points oh, yeah. leader. Trucks New York without okay. Tiny. Yeah, so. Dr. J's top 10 list, but not having stuff. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's why I say Russ, because I'm like, they told him that he couldn't score, and he was a two time scoring champ. They told him that he couldn't pass, he gets four straight triple doubles. Mm. Like, to me, he's just. You're making me like Russ more. Yeah. Because I'm identifying with him as an MC that can do everything, but don't win no competitions and get the credit for it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. except do drill. I can't do drill. Just like, <laughs> I guess, Russell Westbrook can't guard Giannis. Actually, he might. He might try. So I can't even take he that would. against he him. He would show try. He would show try. I remember when, um, at the beginning of their careers, when he would go up against Derrick Rose, it was so much athleticism that my face hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it was just too much. It was too much, man. And I remember one, one play, series of plays, where Rose came down. I don't know if Rose made the play, but it was such a bounce. Like, like, a, like he had like springs in his feet. And then Russ took the ball back and did the same thing. And I'm like, this is an evolution of just like, just showed me how whack I am, man. Like, I'm telling you, just showed me that. <laughs> I was just un, how I really thought I had a shot when I was 12. And I really didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Who's your underrated two? Underrated two? Man, I really want to say a name. And it's wild. It's gonna be wild to say it, but it really, mm. it really just keeps coming to my head. I really think Dwayne Wade is getting in that conversation. Of underrated? Yeah. I've heard people say that he's the second best shooting guard behind Mike. So you know that bumps him ahead of number eight. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or twenty-four or seven, whatever you want. So I've heard the opposite that Dwayne Wade's a little overrated, which I disagree with completely. Mm-hmm. But I've heard. You know, people say he's better than Kobe. He's better than, I guess that's where the list ends with your top three to two. But, you know what? To, um, to give a real one, I'll go Jason Richardson. That's a freaking awesome one. I like Jay Rich. Yeah. I like Jay Rich. Yeah. You can say a lot of two guards. I was you about say to say, I didn't, wanna, say I didn't want to do the D-Wade one. I didn't want to do that. But, yeah, yeah. I'll go you Jay do, Rich. You do Eddie, Eddie Jones. Like, you mm. do Eddie Jones. There's a lot of two guards that you can say was completely um. A little underrated, man. Um, Steve Smith, like a lot of Ooh. underrated. Well, he's more like a three, but a lot of underrated twos. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, I like that one. For sure. Yeah, this one we can be here all day. Mm. Cedric Sabalos, he was a three, though. But, like, you can um, <laughs> name a bunch. All right, who's your three? Underrated three. three. I know I kind of said Josh Smith earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if. As your underrated three? Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like people, like, I feel like a lot of people understand what Josh Smith did as far as versatility. So I kind of don't really want to put him there. Uh, same thing with Sean Marion. Okay. I would want to put Sean Marion there, but at the same time, I think he gets his respect among the league. He didn't get his respect. I do want to put him there because he didn't no. get his respect league wide. He should have def had all defensive teams. Do you think teams. he's a Hall of Famer? I think he should be. Will he? I'm not sure. At least right in away. In Hall of Fame, he should. Yeah. At least right away, maybe not. I think he should. Mm-hmm. And it would certainly mm-hmm. make up for the awards he should have got when he was playing. 
Yeah, agreed. Marion was key in those Phoenix. Without him, that wouldn't have been the the same. Well, not that they won anything, but it wouldn't have been the same. Mm-hmm. Boris Diaw was cool, but he, but he wasn't. Um, <laughs> he, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't Matrix. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I I, I another name I'm going to bring up later. Okay. Yeah. So let me let me just go. Uh, Russ, Jason Richardson. Uh, I'll throw in Sean Marion in there. Lamar Odom. My four is going to be Rasheed Wallace. I thought of him. Yeah. I thought of Odom's him. a great pick. Odom's a fantastic pick. I'm going to go. Uh, yeah. yeah. I almost went Sheed. I almost went Sheed. I'm going to go Odom, though. So we both get that one. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. We'll agree. And your five? Hmm. Underrated five. Underrated. Al Jefferson. I was going to add something to that to make it sound like we're chilling. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> Al Jefferson was nice. I yeah. liked Al Jefferson a lot. Very yeah. slept on. Should have been a 2014 All-Star, but they let Roy Hibbert in because the Pacers were killing that year. Oof. Portland almost signed him to a huge contract. <laughs> oh, Everything goes bad. so bad. And, and he would have got – because I remember that, and he would have got hurt too because he's a big man in Portland. It doesn't, it doesn't work out for us. <laughs> um, I like Al Jefferson. That's a really good pick, man. I was trying to think of somebody else, but – Al is pretty damn spot on. Um, I'm going to try to think of somebody. Ooh. Yeah, no? Uh, I think of two got? right now. Uh, David Lee and Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen was very underrated. Mm-hmm. Chris Kamen had a couple of nice years in L.A. and in New Orleans. Yeah. And yeah, I like that one. Chris Kamen. Wow, what a – who did you pull up? Chris Kamen and who? David Lee. You know, I think they – well, David Lee made all-star games, though. So did Chris Kamen. all-star games. He made one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was Chris Gaiman's game like? He was in Portland, too. I think, what was his game like? I think he was a great combo of both, like face-up, but like mm. he was quick to give you up mm. fakes, drop steps. He had it all, I feel like. Chris Gaiman, wow, you pulled that. From, this guy knows basketball, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I'm a little detached a little bit because <laughs> I just work so much, man. I got to pick and choose. But um, Chris Gaiman is a nice – you pulled that from the bottom of the book bag and, and brought that up. I like that one. I bet. So this is the last segment I'm going to do with you, man. We've been here for a minute. We can talk forever, bro. But um, this is – I was trying to word how I wanted to say this, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to give you two players, and I'm going to have you pick who do you think is the better player. Okay. All right. If you feel inclined to say which one would you rather on your team, we can do that too. By the way, this is Blaze, my co-star. I forgot to interview him, um, to introduce him. Always got to introduce Blaze. Shout out, Blaze. Dame is always Dame is always here. Um, so I'm gonna give you five different ten players, and I'm going to compare them one versus one. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start off with this. We mentioned him earlier, Ma- Jamal Crawford, and we're going to compare him with Monte Ellis. I'm going Monte. Because Monte's a little underrated, too. I'm going Monte. That's a good one. That's a that's a great one. Yeah? That's a great first one. Why would you pick Monte? Monte, I'm going to give you the stats. So, Monte, career-wise, 17.8 points a game, 4.6 assists, 45% field goals, 31% um, three-point. Uh, Crawford, 
14.6 points, 3.4 assists, 41% field goal, 35% three-pointers, but he played 500 more games, so his fall-off was a little bit more drastic. So it kind of skewed those numbers. So why would you pick Monte? Uh, I'm going with Monte be- just because I know, again, we love Jamal Crawford's dribbles. We love his shot creation. I thought, like, obviously his mm-hmm. shot creation, some of the nastiest stuff. But he mm-hmm. did have that flaw. Yeah. Again, you know, we can't we can't let time – always let us hype up players as as much as i love to be about edification as much as my platform Mm -hmm. is all about positivity jamal crawford Mm -hmm. he was streaky so when he was off didn't look that good monte to me monte to me though that dude was a genuine for a couple seasons that dude was a genuine all-star that just never made it uh in should have i 100 percent agree yeah And, and in some ways it's like the same conversation with C.J. McCollum. Obviously, C.J. McCollum is like had the much longer stretch than Monte, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you talk about guys that are just all-star caliber dudes. Who this dude went toe to toe with the Kobe's. He 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 played yeah. a guy like LeBron in the in the playoffs. I think uh, that mm-hmm. year he was in Milwaukee. Like the 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 first step, mm-hmm. the spin moves, the finishing ability was just you know we talk about D Rose, we yeah. talk about Russ, but Monte was right there. And he was getting he was. two steals again. He was a game. small dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a little dude, man. I like that one. All right, number two, Baron Davis, Gilbert Arenas. Gosh. <laughs> Gosh. Oh. I'll give you their numbers. Baron Davis, 16 points a game, 7.2 assists on 41% field goal, 32% from three. Gilbert Arenas, 20 points a game, 5.3 assists, 42 Field goal, 35, three-point percentage, 300 less games than Baron Davis. See, that's such a great <laughs> that's such a great comparison because, like, Baron had everything. Baron, like, and again, strength to his advantage, right? Spin, he was getting everybody oh, with yeah. the spin move. He could post up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a nice little jumper. He could finish. Obviously, when he was younger, he was really finishing. Um, yeah. But then you have Gil. I remember seeing him in a high school dunk contest versus Larry Hughes. And they were just going at it. <laughs> they were going at it, man. Yeah, yeah. B. Diddy had bounce and power. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. Gilbert, to me, is like, I mean, you you, can, you just can never go wrong with a guy that's not scared to get you 60. Like, He's never scared. And I'm talking 38 shots, 12 free throws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a lean towards Gill. Shout out B Diddy, but I gotta go Gill. I gotta go Gill. Can't even get mad at that. Yeah. All right, number three. Oh shoot, I lost it that quick. Number three, we mentioned them earlier today. We mentioned them both actually. Joe Johnson or Eddie Jones? Uh, I'm gonna go Joe. Eddie, Eddie. I shout Joe. out so Eddie. Joe? Yeah, I I shout out mm-hmm. Eddie because Eddie, he 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 he. The the defender in me loves Eddie Jones, mm-hmm. but but mm-hmm. Joe is just, I mean, he had tremendous arc Sweet. on his shot and just getting yeah. buckets. It was like water every time. Uh, mm-hmm. Never afraid to take the last shot. Uh, I just I just uh, reminded myself of the uh, that little stretch he had. It was I forget game four or something like that. Two thousand eight versus mm-hmm. Boston. He he dropped he mm-hmm. he scored like every point that fourth quarter. I mean. Cold, dude. Yeah, 
Joe Johnson with the crispest hairline in history. <laughs> <laughs> the crispest hairline in history. Yeah, Fred Van Fleet right, can't see that. This one is close to my heart. <laughs> Fred Van Fleet, he's, he's, he's there, though, man. He's crisp, yo. All right, here goes one here. This one's a little close to my heart, okay? And I know what you're going to pick. You know what you're going to pick. But, you know, you're a student of the game, so maybe not. All right. Removing cultural impact. Let's take that away. Allen Iverson or Dame? I'm going to give you the numbers. Dame, 25.2 points a game, 7.3 assists, 44 field goal, 37%. Three-pointers, Iverson, 26.7 points a game, 6.2 assists, 43% field goal, 31% three-point. And you said, you said Dame or Iverson, right? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. That's tough. I think that's a little closer than what people would think. Oh, that I is. I think if you chose Iverson, cool. But it's a lot closer than people would think. Listen, listen, Iron, I'm a twin. That is closer. That is as close as me and my brother. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that, though. Um, ooh, I mean, you, same DNA, bro. Same DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It, literally what I want to say for Allen Iverson is literally what I could say for Dame Lillard as far as, like, what he does with the three-point shot. Because mm. what I, I, I like to big up Allen Iverson because I'm like, I don't think people realize the shots he was taking. Like, I know a lot of people compare him to Kyrie, but there was just something different about Allen Iverson. I think it was because he was, like, genuinely skinny, genuinely shorter than everybody else. Yeah, he was a little dude, yeah. And he's taking fades like Mike. He's taking... Yeah. He's weaving in traffic and fading such hard shots, even if they're close in range, he's fading at that size. Like, Mm -hmm. but Dame, Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at what he's done versus like that game versus the nuggets. And the shot that always gets me is that stinking spin move at the top of the key back to the rim, pulls it back, fades and bottom. Mm -hmm. And they think this man ain't close to Steph Curry. Right. I mean, I, I don't even get in those arguments. But um, <laughs> I, I, and for me, it was messed up. As a Portland fan living in New York, it's very hard. I missed the Dwight Howard shot live. I missed the Paul George shot live because this was like 1 in the morning. I got to work the next day, you know, and I tried to stay up. But I worked very long hours, man. And if I could have seen especially the, the Paul George one. I missed it oh, too, bro. Gosh. Dog, I woke up to like 500 messages. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. So who you got here? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I, I I'm gonna give the edge to Dame. I think I'm gonna give the edge to Dame, and not just because I'm in the red, uh, red and black cave. I yeah, I gotta yeah. give the edge to Dame. It's named after Trailblazers. Yeah. I I, I gotta. I, I'm not gonna disagree. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think because we've seen like Dame Dame kind of eclipsed that as far as like. Homie was getting 60, like, multiple times in the season. Yeah. AI only yeah. did that once. Yeah. And I know I keep yeah. kind of doing that, but I just – Dame is doing – he was doing it on a – like, Dame is one of the sharpest scorers I've ever seen in my life. I would put him up there. I would put Damian Lillard at his peak with 06 Kobe if we're talking every move precise, every shot mm. with purpose, every drive, yeah. every drop-off yeah. pass, everything. Yeah, all the angles are very predetermined and figured out. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Shout out to you, man. This is why I brought you on here. And the last one, I was kind of 
jump around a few of these because I don't really like the ones I have had here. Um, Rashid Wallace, Zach Randolph. Ooh. Zach Randolph is very underrated. Mm-hmm. He's a bully. <laughs> Love Zach Randolph, man. That's tough. I Okay, and let me know if I'm correct on this. I think okay. in, in some regards I want to give the edge to Zach Randolph because Sheed was, all, was generally around other good pieces. You know, like yeah. the Jailblazers, they had guys. You know, uh, Detroit. Yeah, starting fives. Detroit, like all yeah. those guys were all stars, pretty much. Big shot, right? No. But with Zach, like Zach Zebo had to, he had to carry them a few times, and I just feel like we got yeah. to that. That's to me, that's almost like, hey, if Rasheed Wallace did have his own team, it would have been he would have been doing what Zach's doing. So, I'll give the edge to Zach. But like I said, with mad love to Rasheed, I gotta give the edge to Zach. Man, that's nice. I mean, again, you can have these arguments. We, we might talk tomorrow and have your brother on here. I don't know if your brother's into basketball like you are, but might have a completely different opinion. You know, like that's why I kind of try to ask these questions because I'm not going to ask Kobe or J.R. Smith. You know, something like that's corny. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like that's obvious. You know what I mean? Um, okay, actually, no, that made me think of another one. This is the last one, I promise. Yeah, um, let's get it. J.R. Smith or. Um, Pat Beverly. Hmm. Actually, that's not that good. Got to pick J.L. Smith. But Pat Beverly give you some good defense. Yeah. I like them both. Occasionally. I, but, Can we scrap that one? I don't like that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we scrap that one. So I'd rather do this one. Prime Paul George or Prime Jason Tatum. You know, Tatum got some time to grow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Big PG fan. I think PG's a little underrated, too. I think PG's a little underrated, too. I would have loved him in Portland. I'd, I'd like him now. Okay. Let it me, all comes back to Portland, like you said earlier. It always does. Let me <laughs> let, let me do... Okay. You can never call me a bandwagon, guys. If they ever get good, you can never call me a trailblazer bandwagon. That's why it's called the Black and Red Cave. No, shout out, no, shout out to Dame Dollar, because Iron is definitely loyal to the soil. Definitely loyal to the soil. I've been there since Damon Stoudemire. That's who got me there, oh. Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> Yeah, that's what got me there. Um, okay, so let me do this because, again, big PG fan. And like you said, I think very underrated. So yeah. I, I want to pick Tatum because I wish, and, and even all the all the years I've been a Paul George fan, I wish Paul George had more of the go-get-a-bucket mentality that Jason Tatum has. Yeah, he does. Have That's, definitely. That said, I and while I think Jason Tatum has stepped up the last couple years in particular – I do think Paul George has become more complete than he's ever been. Uh, he can get you a bucket. Yeah. He's got the Very post solid. moves. He's got the footwork. He's got the even the. That's why a lot of these young younger guys like him so much because he can do the stuff he learned from Kobe, but he can also do the fancy mm-hmm. stuff everybody's doing now. And at six nine, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Uh, yeah, all Big all fact. all world defender. Um, you know. One of the one of the best. I'm talking like Ed Reed type ball hog stuff, off the ball. Mm. That's why he got a lot of Those his steals. Sports. He always had active mm-hmm. hands, 
and I and and that's something I don't see from Jason Tatum as much. Again, different eras a little bit. That's fair. But no, that's fair. That's fair because they're playing against the same guys. Yeah, for the most part, that's fair. Yeah, so like so you want to go PG? I, yeah, I'm gonna go PG as far as completeness. Like it would it would be definitive mm-hmm. if he had that go get a bucket mentality that Jason Tatum has. But I will give that edge to PG. So we just named a better one. If you had to pick your team, and this is your first pick, Prime PG or Jason Tatum? That's a different question. Mm. Uh, I'll go because again, PG doesn't have that go get a bucket at the end of the game. He might not. He might defer it to Darius Miles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He he's he's taking the big shot, but as far as like getting me, if I need 55, he might settle for 42. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what mm-hmm. scares me. Uh, so and especially because I still think obviously if we're if we're doing this right now, Jason Tatum still has so much more to go. I'll I'll pick Tatum yeah, for my team. I'll pick Tatum for my team. That's fair. Yeah, because he's a little unknown where he's gonna go. Yeah. All right, yo. I don't even know how to end this with you, man, because I want to keep going. I've just thought of 17 other players I want to talk about, man. But um, you have one in mind that you would think of that would be a good one? Ask me one. I'm not as well-versed as you. Okay, I'll do it because – Not anymore, at least. I'll do it for, I'll do it for the homer in me and just because I'd like to see how people uh, choose it. But uh, who do you pick between Russ yeah. or D. Rose? Damn, that was on my original list. Yeah. That was actually on my original list. That's That's – but that was hard. The reason why I didn't do it because Rose's peak was just so shut down so quickly, whereas Westbrook has longer, a bigger body of work, you know. Um, but you know what I say to that? What, what, what I say to that sometimes mm-hmm, though is like mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. Jay Z and Biggie is though. Like even in mm-hmm. that short time, like Biggie, right? Biggie was a force, and I think the same thing with D Rose. Like I think yeah. we got enough of a glimpse, glimpse to kind of imagine. Yeah. What his longevity? I like could have that. Been. I mean, that's almost like asking what Grant Hill could be, though. Like, it's kind of hard for me to really answer that one because, yeah, Biggie had a big impact, but Jay Z's going to have a longer impact, a larger impact, you know. Um, so I get what you're saying. Like, even with Pun, Pun came out with Capital Punishment and established himself, but his albums after, I don't think, I don't think Yeah Baby was as good, but um, he made his impact, but. Fat Joe's more important to hip hop than Pun was, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to either one. I'm from the Bronx, Pun is in my top seven. But um not cousin from the Bronx, it helps, but man, I'm gonna have to go D That's hard, man. I'm gonna have to go with not because you're from that area, but I'm gonna have to go with D Rose. I like D Rose a lot. Yeah. I like D Rose a lot, man. He seemed like also a p- you know what I like, D-Rose? Actually, no, I'm going to go with D-Rose, and it really has almost nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> it's just personality-wise. This is the guy I would want to pick. When they had the All-Star game in, I think it was New Orleans or wherever it was, and I don't know if you remember this part, and everybody was dancing and shucking and jiving and looking like a fool, LeBron in the back doing all of this, <laughs> and Rose, stoic. Yeah. I'm here. I'm good. Let's get to work. 2012 Orlando. D-Rose. It was, see? Yeah, I remember Rose was just like, no, nah, I'm not here for this. Like, let's... That's how I see Dame. I don't see Dame doing all the dancing. Like Dame's like, nah, let's just get this done. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. With my man, um, Derrick Rose, man. Yeah, I like my that choice. I like that because I I love them both. I love them both. Same draft yeah. class, like. But to me, mm-hmm. I I again a part of it is because of the injuries, right? But like, I don't think people understood how good D Rose was one on one. Like, yeah. 
I would have loved to see what he would have done. If he had the mind that he had now and that same athleticism, it would have been over for the whole league. That like like that's oh, why that I say unfair. That's why I say they think they think Jaw go crazy now. I'm sorry, yeah. it ain't close. Mm. I can see the comparisons though, but Jaw don't got the mental game. Yeah. You know, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, see now you got me want to ask more questions, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. but I'll stop. I stop. <laughs> we can do this all day. We can do this all day because I was trying to find a comparison for this one player, man, and maybe we'll hold that for part two of this, man. Um. Bro, thank you for coming on the show, man. You know, give everybody your rundown, man. Where can they find you? What are you doing? Because you had a lot of stuff, man. I was like, I'm going to try to introduce some of what he does, but he can do it better than I can because it's his stuff. So, you know, let the people know what exactly. Let the Iron Nation know. I just made that up. I don't know if I'll call you all that. But let the Iron Nation (laughs) know where to find you at, bro, while I try to think of this comparison. Okay. Uh, well, hey, man, like, as always, man, you know, I'm always down to have you back on H2DG. I'm always down to go back on the Red yes, and sir. Black Cave, man. It's just this this was yes, fun. Sir. Obviously, it brought out that inner hooper in me, even the hip hop head stuff like mm-hmm. we could go down a rabbit mm-hmm. hole. So I appreciate you having me, bro. But um, uh, you can find me at anything with uh, the podcast. You can uh, look up at hip to the games on all platforms. I'm on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, TikTok, I'm not as active like I once was, but I still be on there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the personal, you could always follow me uh, at Desmond Powell underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Same at uh, if you're more into the personal side or it's my my personal accounts kind of like hip to the games part two. But, you know, I got a little faith in there. got a little black boy joy, you know, the whole nine. Um <laughs> Uh, I yeah, also want to give a shout out. Can you tell, can you tell me what crossover is real quick? My bad. Oh, I meant to mention that. Yeah, for crossover sure. Was a fire idea. Yeah. So at least at the time of this recording, uh, this Friday, the 25th, uh, I'm releasing the third volume of my crossover kind of thing I'm doing where uh, I take hip hop songs and I kind of relate them to either direct Bible stories or uh, themes in the Bible. So uh, what I usually right. try to do is I'll... For example, like this Friday is going to be DMX and the topic of vulnerability, right? So we know that DMX, Mm -hmm. it helps because he was a man of faith as well. But uh, because he was so open about his struggles and things of that nature, I feel like there's a lot we could learn from that. Um, And again, me being a man of faith is easy for me to see that in the Bible. Uh, So just wanting to give people kind of a lens of like, hey, like, you know, even if you're if even if you don't believe, you know, you can you can find some value in this. Uh, in, in the sense that hip hop is never just the surface level stuff. Like y- the fact that I can even bring it to a biblical sense is like just shows how great the creativity uh, is that is that exists within hip hop. Um, I could go down a whole thing yes. about that, but that's essentially what that is. Yes, sir. Awesome idea, man. Bro, thank you for again coming on the black, coming into the black and red room, and just dropping your knowledge of music, your love of it. Clearly, you de- basketball is definitely your wife. I'm surprised you even got a mistress the way you open up about <laughs> basketball, man. And, um, you know, from everybody from the black and red room, my name is Iron. This is my man, Blaze. Desmond, thank you for coming on the show. And we out of here. I'm going to figure out that play. It was John Wall versus somebody, but I got to find that equivalent. Don't worry Ooh. about that. All right. All right. I'll, 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 yes, I'll, sir. I'll keep out on the DMs. <laughs> that'll, be our, that'll be our cliffhanger. My name is Iron. Peace, everybody.